several miles off the main highway, tucked away in a secluded canyon on prime vineyard property, stands a rustic barn that was built many decades before the vines around it were planted. In that barn, a sophisticated broadcast and recording studio has been built. The barn also has a well-hidden root cellar stocked with many of the world's most exceptional wines, only to be shared with guests who secretly come to offer their insights and tell their stories. Guests are sworn to secrecy and are shuttled to the studio aboard a John Deere tractor. Those who cannot make the journey in person are interviewed by satellite hookup, and sometimes the crew simply sneaks away with microphones in hand and interviews guests in barrel rooms, wine cellars, and other magical places. All of this is done like clockwork every single week so that we can bring you another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. Peel me a grape Crush me some ice Skin me a peach Save the fuzz for my pillow And it is time for your weekly Grape Encounter. Wow, you know, there are those people that you just absolutely love having in your studio. And one of my absolute favorites, bar none. He might be my favorite, but then if I say that, then some people will say, well, you're playing favorites. But when you say somebody's your favorite, then you are playing favorites. Anyway, it's Christopher Sawyer. He is the sommelier to the stars. That's what many people call him. He is a wine judge. He is a writer. He is one of the funniest people I know. And I have him in the studio today. Christopher and I screwed up a couple of weeks ago. Well, I can't really blame it on him. Every year, right around this time, or a week before this time, we get on the air and pair wines with the nominees for the best pictures for the Oscars. Well, we screwed up. Right, Chris? That is correct. We did screw up. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was so irritated with myself. Somebody said, are you going to be watching the Oscars tonight? And I go, what? Wait a second. The Oscars aren't tonight. It's like two weeks from now. They snuck up on us. Uh, it's not our fault. Don't worry about it, David. It's, so I don't have to good. take any responsibility for it None at all. At all. You know, it, it's right after the Grammys, too. I mean, geez, they just pack them in there. It's kind of like last week for me being up in Napa Valley for Premier Napa and then having the Zinfandel thing the same weekend and then having the Alsace Festival the same weekend or going to Oregon and tasting the wines up there the same weekend. Don't people look at our schedules first before I they don't even make get these it. dates? I, you know, I can't even imagine that the Academy did not check with us first before they scheduled Absolutely. The, the whole thing. Just wrong. Because we do this for them, right? It's all for them. I, I know. And, and we've been doing this for years, and we've had so much fun with it. Our listeners look forward to it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, what we do is we look at the nominees for Best Picture, and then we say, well, what wine would pair with that movie, and why? So we're not going to do that, because why would we even talk about the pictures that didn't win? Although technically, Christopher, two pictures won <laughs> this year, right? There were yeah, two winners. There, there were two winners for Best Picture of the Year. You'll for, remember for about that. like yeah, two minutes, right? No, yeah. You'll remember that for the rest of your lives every time you think <laughs> about Warren Beatty um, or, uh, you know, Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde. Um, You're Bonnie and Klutz. Yeah. yeah. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to do sort of a posthumous episode of what we normally do. And kind of in a way, it's really cool because 
we're pairing with sure winners. And we're not going to just pair the best picture. We're going to pair the best actor, the best actress. Well, the whole thing about it is when I became the world's first ever film festival sommelier in Sonoma, this year is the Sonoma International Film Festival's 20-year anniversary, which is great. Um, it was about 13 years ago that I became the world's first ever film festival sommelier where I actually paired 60 movies and wines together. Believe it or not, you've never told me this. Yeah. And when you have the nominees for all these Academy Awards, too, you start adding them up. You got a bunch there. So you've got to do all these things. So kind of it's easier when we just have the winners or, you know, kind of our favorites, maybe, um, instead of doing like, okay, so here's the five contenders. And so here's a wine for each. And it's a little bit easier when they do win. I, I'm, I'm kind of believing that now. But at independent film festivals and things like that, you you don't even know what's going to win. I will say one thing for Best Actor, Viggo Mortensen and in, in Captain Fantastic. I got to really hang out with him at the Napa Valley Film Festival. He's an amazing guy. I thought he had a good chance at winning, uh, but, you know, I understand about someone else that did win, but man, I really like that movie was, too. Was, he, was he irritated that a lot of people in the wine world call you Captain Fantastic. Wine Captain Fantastic, right? <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah, Wine Captain Fantastic. Yeah. No, not quite. I love that movie, though. If you guys haven't seen that movie, go see that movie, Vigo Mortensen. I'll never forget when I first saw a movie with him in it, I had to ask my wife, is he cute? And she's like, oh, yeah, he's an 11. You know, out of <laughs> 10, um, I'm like, oh, okay, so I get it. And most people go, oh, my God, Chris, that picture of you and Vigo, geez. Yeah, I just think he's a cool guy. He drinks some wine, too. Okay. <laughs> so there's a couple of things we got to talk about before we jump into the subject. We're going to do that in a minute. But first of all, I would be terribly remiss if I didn't just run down your credentials for a second. Because we don't just let anybody come into this studio. And, and by the way, you drove all the way down here from Sonoma yep. to do this show with me. I'm so appreciative of that. And, you know, that's a long drive, like what, like a six hour haul, right? Something well, like that. Well, well, the funniest thing is, David, that you called me the other day when I was just getting ready to come down here. You didn't even know stop I was coming it, your way. Stop it. You're not supposed to <laughs> tell people that. They're supposed to believe that you got in the car. You guys, okay, I came uh, here just for David. Oh, it's all about David. Okay, that made me feel really super important. Thank you very <laughs> much for that, Chris. But let's talk a little bit about your resume because you are everywhere. In fact, you mentioned your wife a moment ago, mm -hmm. and I was thinking to myself, I don't even know how you keep a relationship together because you're everywhere. Yeah, well, she's got Mini-Me. That's our son um, who is like, I call him Mini-Som. He's a lot to handle too, so... <laughs> It's not like she's alone. All right. So let's start yeah. with, with Psalm. You are often referred to as the Psalm to the Stars. Yes. And you do a lot of wine advising to a lot of really famous people. Are there names you can share? Yeah. Um, I worked for the Getty family. Getty Oil family? Yes. Um, that wow. is the That is the heritage of the family. But, you know, Gordon and Ann Getty in San Francisco, I worked for them for seven years as their sommelier at their house. What is that like? Well... I'll tell you one thing about the Gettys, um, Gordon and Gordon loves music. There was actually a documentary made about him recently in music. He's also, or the family, is one of the best uh, philanthropy families that you'll ever, ever know about. Because I was mainly there a lot of the time for all these fundraisers, like three times a week. 
And, uh, I mean, things that were raising money for the great opera houses or uh, really good concerned people or, or things that needed some help. And, and they did everything they could to use their house to raise these kinds of funds. And for me to be a person that knew wine, and I'll, I'll say this about the Sommelier to the Stars thing. It's a great name and I love it. Um, and I did not make that up myself. Someone did it for me. But the fact is that it didn't matter who the Gettys had in the room with them. It could have been, you know, great actresses or like Sharon Stone or whoever. Great athletes, great uh, political figures, but I was the one serving the wine and I knew a lot more about wine than they did. And my job was to make sure that they had great stuff in their glasses. And when they had a question about that wine, I was right there for is there, them. Is there a wine cellar in the Getty House? There is. Um, it's, like an it's, elevator that goes it's down? It's actually three stories. Um, it's no. It is. Um, it, it, <laughs> it, well, it, it is a house that looks out over Alcatraz, San Francisco Bay, and the Golden Gate Bridge. Very great views of, of all of those, but it's it's right on the side of a hill. So it's that sloping part. So there's three stories going downwards off of the, I think overall there's seven or eight stories and, in the and house. And you can get me in there, right? Whatever you need. I would David, love, you're the I man. Would, you know what? I would love to do that. Okay. So the Gettys, the Lasseter family. Yeah. So John Lasseter, um, I've been working with John Lasseter from Pixar, Disney now for 20 years. So two decades with John Lasseter after he won his first Academy Award with Toy Story. I was right there holding it at one point and it was great. And there's actually you held got, the award. Yeah. Oh wow. I have, and uh, the documentary was made about him. Um, I'm in it at one point. It's fantastic. Anybody else? Oh, just a lot of people that need my help. <laughs> but you get but, calls from celebs. Do you advise them on setting up their wine cellars, things like that? Yeah. People that get references to me and really want my help and helping them have an amazing experience, or just helping them find the right places to go that really meet their kinds of palates. It's a fantastic uh, job. All right, so we got to take a break, but I did want to say that one of the ways that I know you best is at wine competitions. You're That's one correct. of the most respected wine judges and you're absolutely a crazy man at these competitions. I am. I, I love wines and uh, when I really feel strong about a wine, I'm going to argue it. I become a lawyer. I, I have a great argument for why it's a gold medal and Hopefully it impacts people that they'll taste it a little bit differently. All right. We are talking to Christopher Sawyer, sommelier to the stars, and we'll be back with more grape encounters. Let's see how much you agree with our choices of wines that you would pair with your favorite actors, actresses, and film. When we return with Grape Encounters Radio. Your Grape Encounter with David Wilson will continue from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in the quaint, friendly, and historic town of Atascadero, California. Don't forget to join our Grape Encounters Radio Facebook group page, where incredibly fun people just like you share ideas and frequently get together to share a bottle as well. Hi, this is Michael Mandavi. You're listening to David Wilson on Grape Encounters Radio. Flash photography, cell phones, and the use of pretentious language is strictly prohibited while listening to Grape Encounters Radio. It is indeed a very good day in the Grape Encounter studio when you have somebody of the caliber of Christopher Sawyer in the studio. He is the Psalm of the Stars 
And more than that, he's just a really super funny guy and a smart guy. And he lives up in California wine country. Chris, you and I have been doing this Academy Award thing for a while now. And it's funny, it was only just a year or two ago that we actually met each other face to face. I know. We had been talking on the phone for ages and you're like way more fun in person. (laughs) Yeah, appreciate that. I, and it's like butt cold outside, yeah. and you're in shorts. What's, yeah. what's the deal with that? You know what? You just got to go with the flow. And uh, I actually like people. So, um, I, you know, sometimes there's some people, there are sommeliers that I don't know if they like people, but I think that <laughs> I, I, I really do. I, I like them. You know, I feel like I'm a physical guy because I'm really there. And, you know, that makes me happy to be here with you, David. Well, but that doesn't explain why you're in shorts and it's butt cold. That doesn't outside. matter. That, that does not matter. You just matter. totally, <laughs> to- totally ignored my, my question. Hey, by the way, yeah. we were talking last week about the rains and yep. how they are impacting year 2017. Yeah. And it's, boy, it's been raining up in your, your neck of the woods big time, right? Boy, howdy. Uh, you know, we judged the San Francisco Chronicle wine competition and it's a, in northern part of Sonoma County where I live. I live right on the south end of Sonoma County. My creek is actually the Sonoma Marin County border. And, um, I didn't know this, but my wife told me <laughs> later, oh yeah, the freeway flooded over. Um, while you were gone. I did not know that. So we have had a lot of water flowing up there and it's okay. You know, one thing that was really interesting for me the other day was I was out doing a thing, you know, I'm going down to the world of Pinot Noir this week and I'm going to do a, a seminar with the Hirsch Vineyard and Jasmine Hirsch. And I was driving way up into the mountains there in Sonoma County. And I looked back at where the Russian river comes out into the ocean and it was really murky looking right there. And it's because of all the runoff from the water had, you know, made it kind of muddy. And if you look at the ocean right there where it breaks out there, it was brown. Wow. It was crazy and, how, how that looked. But all the dams are full, right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, more than full. And and I think what a lot of people don't realize is that at this time of year, all this water's not hurting the vines, right? I, they're, no they're, big, they're no, dormant. No, no they're, big deal, right? They're dormant right now. They're they're not being hurt by this. Yeah, it's going to be a really great year, though. I think 2017. Although you never know what's going to happen during the summertime. But uh, you know, and I I want to back up for just a second. 2016. We haven't really tasted those wines yet. But that's going to be one of the great years, is it not, in American wine history? You know what? The 2016 Sauvignon Blanc from Hannah Cellars or Hannah Winery in Sonoma County won the top for the San Francisco Chronicle in White Wines. It's a 2016 Sauvignon Blanc. What are, and what and are, it was what? the first week of the year that we judged it. So when was this picked again? You know, it was like three months old and it had been made and bottled and it won the top in the nation. So it had barely been in the bottle for maybe a few weeks and it won the best in the nation for white wines. But so d- but despite that's crazy. The, but despite the terrible drought that's been hanging around for four or five years now, I've had some barrel tastings of wines from last year, 2016. 
I have never been more impressed with wines despite that. Of course, wines like you and I do very well under stress. Yes. Although too much stress for too long uh, will kill you. Yeah. But nonetheless, I am saying right now that the 2016s are going to be scrumptedly umptious. Well, yes I, or no? Yes, yes, of course. And and I'd say 14s are the same way. 13s are really a little bit more intense. Uh, 15s were very good too, but, um, there are hardly any 15s out there. That will be a bump in the road, like where they just, there, there just aren't many bottled because we were down about 60% in production that year. So you're going to taste a little bit of those 2015s and then they're just going to be gone, but there's tons of the 2016 out there for yeah, you. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a record crop despite what conventional wisdom would tell us given the drought conditions. Anyway, all right, we're going to get onto the topic of pairing wine with the Academy Awards. And uh, again, my guest in the studio is one of my faves. He's one of my favorite people, period. You know, next to my mother, right? That's how much I love you, Chris. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, I'm here for you, man. You're a super, super <laughs> fun, wonderful person. But before we talk about the not, not the nominees, but the winners, let's talk about this idea of pairing wines with stuff. You know, people and things, because uh, here's what I believe about it. I believe that wine is a very emotional thing. It strikes an emotional chord and that sometimes we have to get away from the tasting notes and think more about the way the wine makes us feel. And when we start going down that road, it makes it very easy, I think, to think about the wine. What's that wine about? What's that person about? What's the event about? What's the car about? What's the music about? And, and then pair those characteristics. It's, and and find the similarities, and you're going to find that you can pair wine with a lot more than food. Yeah. I, I always say it's about context. Um, you know, people say, Chris, what's your favorite wine? Um, who am I with? What am I listening to? What's the food that's in front of me? What is my setting? All, all these things are factors that I play into it. It's kind of your mood and how it sets it, where you're at. You know, if you're outside by the pool, are you going to be drinking a heavy cab? I don't think so. You know, you want those refreshers or what we'd call patio pounders. You know, if it tastes good, you want the whole bottle, not just the glass. You know, when you're listening to music, like I always say, um, down in my cellar, I only play vinyl because what's different about vinyl to what we listen to now, there's a difference in A side and B side of a, of a record. And people don't, I think, have lost that. And I hope that the younger generations can understand what we, we had when we were kids is records. Each side has a whole theme to it. These albums, like A side, goes with that wine, where B side might go with a different wine. Completely. Okay, all right. So, so we only have a couple of seconds left before we go to a commercial break. But uh, give me really quickly an A side wine and a B side wine. An A side wine is the setup. You know, it's probably got a hit song on the first. Just part. give me an A side wine. An A side wine. Yeah. Well, it depends on who it is. So I don't you... know. Just give me an A side, a wine that would be A side no matter what. Well, uh, Prince with Pinot Noir would be great because it's kind of velvety. You want, you know, it's not too powerful, but it's kind of shaking you. It's making you think. You kind of want to move your your shoulders around a little bit. It's sexy. But I was just thinking. There you go. But I was just thinking, like, a cab would be an A side one, right? Almost mm, always. No. 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 Because if you really think about the second side, is when you get the longer songs that really oh. kind of take you to that different planet. 
Yeah, where you've got that 11-minute um, one where you're just tripping the out. The 11-minute one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. You know what? I, I hadn't looked. You know what? I, that didn't even cross my mind, but that makes sense. Dark side of the moon. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Thick as a brick. That's go. a Cabernet song, right? There you go. Okay. Yeah, All right. Hey, talking to Chris Sawyer. So yeah, the stars, we have yet to jump into pairing our Academy Award winners with wines. We're going to do that next, starting with Viola Davis, who was the best supporting actress in Fences when we return with Grape Encounters. I'll tell you what, there are sometimes when I wish Grape Encounters was a little longer than an hour, like about 12 hours, especially when you got somebody like Chris Sawyer in the studio. We're now going to finally talk about pairing wine and our Academy Award winners. You can pair wine with anything, and if you don't believe me, then just buy into our little wrap here as we jump into the first significant award winner, which is Viola Davis. An American actress who is actually the only black woman to be nominated for three Academy Awards and, of course, winning one. She's also the only black actress or actor to win the Triple Crown of Acting. She won Best Supporting Actress for Fences. Yeah, Chris, I'm going to just throw this at you and see what you got. What wine would you pair with somebody like Viola Davis? Uh, Zinfandel. You know, uh, Zinfandel. Yeah. Weathering the Storm. This movie was intense. The whole plot of this movie is based on a Pulitzer Prize style novel by August Wilson. And I love this. It's brilliant. But the fact is, Zinfandel, that tenacity that you have. Think about these old vines and what makes them so special. They're, they're weathering the storm every single year. But many of these vines outlast, you know, whole generations of families because, you know, 100-year-old vines. So one of my favorite ones that I would say would be Sausalito Canyon that's kind of down here in the central coast. It's one of those ones that you don't think of it in Edna Valley, but it's one of the best Zinfandels around in now, this area. Now, can somebody that's hearing us in some other part of the country, East Coast, get that wine? Yeah. yeah uh, most, I, most wines, you can get them. California yeah. wines, you can get them. you got to look can, for them, though. You can. Yeah. Um, another one that I really like, I, I was thinking about, too, uh, was the Brown Estate from up in Napa Valley. You know, a great African-American family that owns that. And, you know, they've got the tenacity that she does, too. You know, they, they work on the mountains with these grapes and intensive wines. And if you see this movie, it is intense it, all the way to the very end. And that's what a great Zinfandel will do. It'll blow you away in the beginning but as it opens up in the glass wow it becomes different and this is how that movie moves along it's brilliant do you think Zinfandel gets the respect that it deserves I think sometimes a lot of people will look at a wine like Cabernet we were talking about earlier and see that as being a super hoity-toity elegant wine whereas Zinfandel a more playful wine but yet more and more I think especially lately I'm seeing these really elegant Zinfandels being made. Will it eventually be a wine that is considered elegant, 
or is it always going to be a more every person's wine? I think it's changing quite a bit. There's a lot of movement there because it used to be kind of porty or very high in alcohol. Right. That's and really coming j- down. Jammy and yeah. It's really coming down and, and there's a lot of great producers that are doing a great job with that. I've, I've got one coming up too that we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail, but one of my picks that's kind of one of those styles. I just think that they're very special grapes. The sites are very special and the people that planted them originally are special people that found those sites. So they have personalities that are very unlike Cabernet. You can plant Cabernet anywhere where there's enough sun. It's going to produce something. These are in special areas where they will they will outlive the generation that planted it if, if it's done right. Um, you know, Cabernet usually lasts about 50 years. There's plantings here in California that are, you know, pushing 140 years old, these vines. Amazing. Amazing. All right. So I'm going to just really quickly jump into this one. I really went a different direction on this. And I was really looking at Viola Davis from the standpoint of her versatility as an actress. She graduated from Juilliard. Uh, She has been a star on stage, on television, in the movies. Versatility is what she's all about. And when I think about versatility, I think about a couple of wines. I think about bubbly number one, Mm. okay? And a lot of people starting to realize that bubbly is not just for celebration. It's for all occasions and all the way through the meal. Riesling's a tremendously versatile wine. You could pair it with darn near anything. And then a wine that I think is going to get more and more popular as time goes on from Austria, Gruner Veltliner. So I picked three. What do you think of that? Well, hey, you can definitely go white on this, um, no doubt. But this is an intense movie. It's not a kickback and just... Well, I was pairing it with the actress. Yeah, I know. know, As as opposed to the movie. Okay, so let's really quickly, let's jump into the... Now we're getting fussy. I like... The best supporting actor. Okay. Okay. And that would be Mahershala Ali. Now, I, I tell you what, this is an actor that I absolutely love. A lot of people don't know this guy. He has been around for a while, and I particularly love seeing him in House of Cards. He yeah. plays kind of a mm-hmm. bad guy, good guy. Remy is the name of his character there. And he's in a bunch of other stuff. But he's a guy that always sort of plays second fiddle to bigger actors and actresses. But he's got this look and this style of acting that once you see him, you will absolutely never forget him. Yeah, I mean, he's just got this, you know, interesting style about him. So anyway, I'm getting off the subject for a second. But anyway, he won a Best Supporting Actor for Moonlight. Yeah, and if you're going to be in a movie and win Best Supporting Actor... It's great to do it in a kind of a, a set that's kind of done like a play because it's based on a play. So there's three acts and he's only really in the first act, but he sets up the whole movie based on what he does as Juan, the drug dealer who becomes amazing. But his style is smooth. It's excellent. And I'm thinking Grenache with this. I think this is the kind of style. It's not Pinot based. It is definitely got a little bit more muscle than that. That's why I think that he's a great pairing with Grenache. So so, so tell me why again Grenache? Because he's he's got that smooth candidness about him. When he finds the kind of the main actor that kind of goes through the three sets, he's 
really kind to him. So when you're looking at a wine list at a restaurant that's got a huge Pinot list, sometimes you don't need that Pinot. You need Grenache instead. And it's because it has a little bit more muscle and the four people at the table are not all getting fish that night. And that's why you need to kind of set it up by getting a wine that's got that smoothness and complexity, but a little bit more volume to it. And that's why I think that you know, Grenache is a great blending grape. We do a lot of blends with Grenache as well, but it's just good and it fills the whole right, mouth. This is so weird because you're going to be, I think, surprised at my choice. I chose Mouved or Mouvedre. And we're talking about one of the brother or sister Rhone grapes. And the reason I chose Mouvedre is because in any good Rhone blend, you're going to see Mouvedre there. But it's always last. Grenache, Syrah, Mouvedre. Nobody pays attention to Mouvedre. It's down there at the bottom of the list. But it's also a grape that we're starting to see more and more people drinking as a single varietal wine. Grenache, you know, people have been drinking Grenache and Syrah as a single varietal forever. Yep. But Mouvet is one that's starting to get people's attention and is not content to be in the background any longer. And so despite the fact that we're talking about an actor that has sort of, you know, played second fiddle to some great actors. He's now risen to the occasion. People are paying a lot of attention to him, and he's not going to be a supporting actor for very much longer. No. What do you think about that one, huh? I like that, and I'm going to hold off on, on making more comments on that one because wait till you hear what I've got with the movie itself. I think we're on the same wavelength here. Okay, wow. That's awesome. Okay, we got just a second. Uh, let's jump into Best Actor for a second, Casey Affleck. Okay. I'm going to let you jump into Affleck, 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 okay? Affleck. And then I'll, I'll, I'll give you my comments after the break. Okay. Casey uh, Affleck in this movie uh, as Lee Chandler, he's a janitor. He has to take care of his brother's son, who his brother passes away, and he has to take care of him. This is a, a responsibility he's never had. He's trying to find himself as it is. And that, to me, is a Pinot Noir in a nutshell. It's not a soft Pinot Noir. It is one that I picked out very specifically for this movie to pair him with. And it's the 2014 Fess Parker Pomard clone. Now, wow, we're, we're you, getting very specific yeah, here. You talk about okay. um, Pinot Noir that can be very soft and subtle and all this stuff. Pomard is the old school. It's kind of got that seasoned bits to it. And it's a hard one. It's got thicker skins. It's everything about him in that movie. And it's a tough guy. And he's trying to be tough. He doesn't know how to be tough because he kind of loses it in uh, various times in this movie. But it's got tannins in it. This is a Pino with tannins. And this is that kind of character. He's still got that soft spot in his heart. But the fact is, he needs that muscular tendency to hold him in there for a while while he deals with all this stuff that's going on in his I'm life. A, you know, as a lot of people know, I'm not a Pinot fan. You know, there's some Pinots I You'll like, get but there. Pinot is don't not... Worry. You'll get no, there. No, you know what? No, I'm not. It's not that I'm not developed. I just don't happen to like it, you know? At least a lot of Pinots. And the funny thing about this is, Chris, yeah. I didn't like this movie. I watched oh. this movie just a couple of weeks ago. I didn't like this movie. Hmm. I just didn't sit well with me. So I think so I think you are right on the money with Pino. <laughs> okay. All right, we're gonna come back with more grape encounters after this. We'll get to my comments about Casey Affleck and then uh, best actress and best film for the year 2017 when we return with Grape Encounters Radio and my very special guest, the sommelier to the stars, Christopher Sawyer on Grape Encounters.
Academy Awards are over, and uh, normally, every year around Academy Award time, my good friend Chris Sawyer and I, the sommelier to the stars, we talk about uh, pairing wines with the nominees for Best Picture, but we're doing something different this year. We're pairing wines with the winners of the Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best film winners for 2017, Chris, and you were just talking about Casey Affleck and pairing him with Pina Noir. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to tell you what I paired him with. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Very simple. His brother is really, I think, a better known actor by a long shot than him, right? Uh, By far. By far. And gets all of the headlines. I think Ben Affleck, he's certainly one of the best known actors. Casey is slowly catching up. I looked at brothers in the wine world, Bordeaux in particular. I think of uh, Ben Affleck as being the Cabernet. You know, he's the A-list, Casey being not quite the A-list just yet. And so he is Merlot. He is Merlot, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful quality grape and wine that doesn't get nearly as much credit as it deserves. But lately, we're starting to see Merlot clawing back. And so that would be my choice. Do you love that? Wasn't that a great analogy? I think that's really good. I think that's from the family. Like They do not uh, favor one or the other, except for if you're in the left bank, you're uh, over in... Bordeaux, you're probably going to be Cabernet-based, and if you're on the right bank, you're probably going to be Merlot-based. Okay. All right. Let's uh, jump into Best Actress, and that was uh, Emma Stone. La La Land, Emma Stone. You betcha. God, I love Emma Stone. She's she's super cool. Did um, you not just fall in love with her in this movie? Yeah, oh, my gosh. She's so delightful. I love she's, her. You know, she's uncertain when she's young. She has to find herself in this movie. She does it through dancing. She does it through growing up. She does it through all of these things but you know you watch these scenes of these dancing moves and everything if you really go out there and dance you get hot you get sweaty you don't want to be drinking a big cab it's not a cab movie it's a rosé movie to me it's and a rosé movie a dry rosé movie and i picked a really fun one it's uh, one that my good friend Jillian Johnson makes, and it's Onesta. And this is from the Bechtold Vineyard, which is a rosé of Cinso. Uh, and the Cinso was planted in 1886. Holy smoke. So it has a lot of uh, uh, strength to it, too. But it's very distinctive, very on its own, and Academy Award winning style. All right. So one of the things that I... And dry, too. Let me here's where out. I went with this. Emma Stone, one of the best paid actresses in Hollywood. She is really, really at the top of the list in terms of her income. And there's really only one place I could go with this, especially thinking about the movie La La Land and how it's sort of classic Hollywood. You know, the old MGM style film where, you know, there's one scene where they're sort of floating off into the air. And I started to think of the bubble of true and legitimate champagne. Oh. We're not, you know, I'm not talking about uh, cava or Prosecco or even California Sparkling, the real deal champagne. Yeah. It brings a very high price for a very good reason. And money is no object when you want the very best. She really was the very best, in my opinion, this year. And she is champagne. 
Hey, let's get into the best film. <laughs> which yeah. which one was it again? A minute, a minute or two. It was La La Land, but it then actually it ended up being Moonlight. And yeah. I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, you know, Moonlight was amazing. You brought it up earlier with the best supporting actor who was in here. And I brought it up too. You had a Movedra. I had a Grenache. And actually, my pairing for the main movie is a GSM, which is a Grenache Syrah Movedra blend and it is by Niner family oh, uh, which I love is the Niner right down ones. here yeah, in yeah, Paso Robles in my neck of the woods yeah and so this movie has three acts to it each one of those varieties plays a major part in in that blend and those three parts make this whole movie so special all right i am going to get a little political here okay i hope in a really good way last year at the academy awards there was a lot of criticism about the very low numbers of black actors and actresses in films and uh, that were nominated in general and producers of films this movie i I think it's actually an all-black cast and same with the producers and just an absolutely wonderful film in our industry the wine industry we have the same issue and that issue is there are darn few black winemakers so so far it's going to change and so i am going to really pay tribute to all of my friends who are african-american who make absolutely stupendous amazing wines the truth of the matter is is that it's an imbalance that i'd like to see changed Me too. so i'm not going to pick a varietal here at this point in time i'm just going to say explore the wines that are being made by african-american winemakers and also think about some of the wines if you haven't tried the wines from house of mandela in south africa those are really scrumptious wines yeah. and uh you know that's the family of nelson mandela so i just throw that out there because i think it's definitely one of of the industries where we do have an imbalance and I'd like to see that change. That's and I mean and I mean that sincerely. And so I just sort of leave you on that note. It's okay if I get political, right? Once in a while. It's every, yeah. That's not it's political. Cool. It's just, you know, we're all, you know, we're brothers and sisters. Hey, I thought this was a, an amazing win for this movie. And uh, I mean, the name of the movie originally came from the, the play that it's based on In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue. And that's what it was right, called. Right, exactly. And yeah. I mean, what an amazing thing to start with. And then you've got these three things that are done like a play, but they're different. And it'll take you, I mean, it'll rip your heart out for a while. And it deserved to win the Academy Award. One of my favorite Pinots, as you know, Pinot's not my favorite, as I said earlier. But one Pinot, one Pinot that I really, really love is made by Indigenous Cellars. Oh, and yeah. that is Raymond Smith, mm-hmm. African-American winemaker. If that guy put all of the gold medals that he's won for that Pinot around his neck, he wouldn't be able to stand up. Yeah. That's how good that uh, one Another is. great one is Vision Cellars. And like I said earlier with Viola Davis with Brown Estate, I mean, that's another great African-American owner winery and they're out there um let's just start drinking more of them and wines from every nationality and race anyway hey listen i appreciate you being here we got to get out of here we are out of time and the buzzer is going to sound any moment chris sawyer the sommelier to the stars you have a site really quickly give it a plug sawyersom.com sawyersom.com all right that's going to do it for grape encounters So glad to have you here, Chris, and we'll see you in here real soon. Thanks once again, David. We return with another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. Your Grape Encounter isn't over. We're just taking a breather until next week's edition. 